Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hello, gorgeous girls. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thank you. So today we welcome Grace Ray. And I also saw that some people call you Gracie. Yeah, it's actually technically Gracie Ray. I love that. Gracie Ray. There are so many different things that she does. She does astrology. She does mediumship. She's a clairvoyant. She's an energy healer. Gosh, man, I was writing out just how I was going to introduce you. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I might be able to go on forever. You have very many hats. I mean, you're obviously a light worker, which I think kind of like puts it all in one thing. What do you consider yourself? I would say that's my primary duty. (laughs) Yeah. What other things do you do? Uh, Films. I produce films. Okay. So that's a big part of my life. Um, But I think you pretty much nailed it. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. How has she accomplished so much in such a short period? (laughs) Because you're young. And I was blown away at your schooling, your scholarships. You were an actress. You did film directing. I mean, oh my God, girl, you should be very proud of yourself. You've done a lot. (laughs) Thank you so much. My brother constantly tries to tell me these things. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not true. But thank you. Seriously, I was just like, wow. There was two things that came to mind. Wow, she must not sleep very often because she's done a lot. (laughs) Yes, coffee. This and is true. Too, I was like, wow, she is kick ass. She is just, you've done so much. So yeah, I just wanted to add that and tell Thank you that. Thank you so much. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's an amazing compliment. Extra Aries energy that you were talking about. I do. I've got that first house in Aries, which <laughs> literally like upon birth, you know, Aries rules, you know, weapons. So I, I was a C-section. You know, it's like oh, I burst okay. out on the on the scene. Like, I gotta get out of here. How about yourself? We both are Taurus. Taurus. Mm-hmm. And and what specific dates are you both? I'm May 15th. And you're what? I'm April 25th. So according to esoteric astrology, you would actually be an Aries. Mm. You would have more Aries energy. Uh, esoteric astrology is the type that I do, and it's about 30 degrees backwards. Our world tilts, so the Western tropical charts cannot stay the same for like thousands and thousands of years as we're right. tilting. Yeah, yeah, our generation, we tilt back the charts, but it doesn't mean that the Taurus traits aren't there because they could, oh, still, they're be there. <laughs> they could still be in your first house, which is you know, your, your body and your personality and also your, your second house. So like, for instance, people think of me as very analytical and as a Virgo, but then really getting down to causes and conditions, I need to look at the Leo stuff. Okay. Okay. And so Shanna as well, Shanna's Aries also. Her birthday is a little bit more towards Taurus. Okay. So I would expect you Uh, when you approach something to maybe have a little bit more of a burst of energy, just kind of generically. Whereas, you know, Shanna might just kind of take her time a little bit, like be a little bit more paced, but at the same time, a little bit more um, dedicated to a certain path. Astrology is one thing that Mandy and I are not so familiar with. In the birth charts, it goes Mm -hmm. one through 12. 
and that is a map of where the universe was at your exact moment of birth. So each right. one of the houses represents something different. And okay. the first house is your ascendant, your soul, and it's yourself. So in esoteric astrology, we look at our sun sign as the path you take in life, but your ascendant or your rising sign is your soul, which is Ooh. what we always want to work on to be yes. to live a soul-centered life. Does time come into play at all? Like what time you're born? Time, location, even if it was sun up or sun down. So like for, for me as an example, the difference, even though all the time is the same, I was born at 6.15 a.m. And okay. so it's technically the sun's not completely up. So mm -hmm. just making that difference revealed that my sun sign was in the 12th house which basically means your entire life, people are going to put a persona on you and you're going to mm -hmm. have to break out of that, which could not be more my life, you know, my, mm -hmm. my upbringing. You yeah. recognized this at a young age that you had a gift. Right. It was presented differently, mm -hmm. but it was more like prophetic within the church. Um, but professionally, yes, I've been doing it. I have been doing readings pretty much my whole life, yes. No, a lot of times, you know, the world conditions it away. I love that you stuck with it. It sounds like for a while there, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had to kind of suppress it, but you were always connected from such a young age. I thought that that was just very intriguing. It's interesting. Certain points in my birth chart where I could just see I was going to be the, the odd duck in the family. Mm -hmm. And it didn't look like that because... In a way, I think I was born into my family and they expected me to be different in the way that they would like me to be different. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being different in a completely different manner. And I think that I knew that I had these connections. I knew that I had these abilities, but I didn't recognize that there was value in it and to not be ashamed of. And mm -hmm. so I think going through that whole process and talking about what it took to accept myself in that way and to really value the gifts that I was given, I think that that speaks to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Like some people have reached out and said, you're coming out as a psychic was like me coming out to my family that I was gay. Yeah. And that really yeah. hit me because I was like, oh my mm -hmm. God, you know, I'm for, I think that that had to be for them such a gigantic mm -hmm. part of their lives and such a struggle, yep. not just to their family, to their friends, to society. And in a lesser degree, I feel like that's what I experienced was a, a real coming out. Did you have support from your family? Um, <laughs> just the word, um, I think yeah. said it all. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think that they quite understood what I was doing, why I was doing it. Right. And I just remember a lot of like, well, be careful, you, yeah. know, uh -huh. you know, don't look into horoscopes, you know, that's too much. And uh, you don't, you don't want to mess around with those energies. And at the same time, it, it's weird because I think that 
when you're doing something outside, uh, going against the grain, people don't, they want to protect you, mm-hmm. but they also want to encourage you. So I got mixed signals, but mostly suppression, even from them. But my brother, who was on the East Coast, he was a big part of my coming out because I moved to the East Coast and everyone here was fascinated. They're like, you know, I'm showing up to birthday parties and and weddings and they're like, oh my God, you're psychic. Come on, tell me something. I'm like, what? So it was you know, coming from California, we never talked about it. And then I come to the East Coast and everyone wants to talk about it. So it was, that support was necessary. Has your brother been a huge part of your journey then? I think my brother is probably the, one of the biggest parts of, he's my biggest cheerleader for sure. Didn't you have a grandmother that would present herself to you when you were young? Oh yeah. I'm, when I was a little girl, I used to see a grandmother in a chair, but I thought she was real. This is some sixth sense stuff, like seeing dead people, which now happens more often than not. Um, And I would tell my family and then it just came out that this was someone that I'd never met that passed away. I mean, by, by my description as a child, I really believed that this was a, a, living human being that would mm-hmm. watch over me at night. And when I was able to describe it to a T, I think, I think that's another experience. My family was like, Oh, the, what's going on here? <laughs> Why is she seeing dead people? Yes. And, yeah. and I think, you know, to my family, it, it was sort of, it's kind of the same now. It's like, what's, what distinguishes this from, you know, what my family was concerned about psychosis, they were concerned that I was schizophrenic, and that I was seeing things was the was the validity of it. And, you know, I think at a, there's moments too that, you know, I'm seeing things and I'm having these experiences and sure that you've had similar experiences as well. And then when when it's validated, and when it's real, <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, this is a whole other ball game. So that's pretty yeah. exciting when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that. Can you explain for our listeners, you use the word magic. And I know that uh, a lot of people, you know, are like, ooh, that's witchy. Especially um, uh, magic with a K. Yeah. If you don't mind just kind of giving a description the best you can for listeners, what you mean by magic. By magic, I mean prayer on steroids, truly. I love that. I, I basically, you know, it's one thing to, to recognize that you're somehow communicating with the spirit realm and that that's real, but I went to this haunted house when I shot this documentary, The Witch of Hinsdale, and they were they were messing around with my energy, my personal life force, and they were able to actually manipulate, I mean, physical things. You know, they were able to move things, to cause things to happen. And I'm like, well, hey, if they're going to use my energy to do that, why shouldn't I use my energy to do something cool, you know? <laughs> so that that's been for the last, I would say the last four years. Um, you know, this fascination with, can we do things? Can we really move mountains? And 
yeah, that's been an exciting experience. And I, I spell magic with the M-A-G-I-C-K because I literally study it. I literally study it. Hey, let's talk about this Witch of Hins- Hinsdale because I watched oh, sure. it last night and it was with your brother. Yeah. I wish you guys, I actually looked for more episodes. Why didn't you guys do more? Oh, uh, of the Witch of Hinsdale? Probably because I'm traumatized, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would have been. Yeah, that experience completely traumatized me. Um, he he has a paranormal podcast, and he's a paranormal okay. expert, my brother. And um, we've done a few episodes, you know, even on my Facebook page. But there will be more documentaries, okay, paranormal good. documentaries. I loved it. You did a great job. Your brother did. And Mike, the guy who the Thank camera you. guy, yeah, Mike who had great. never even been in that experience before. <laughs> no, he was the skeptic until we turned to him at a certain point and he starts telling us these creepy things that are happening to him. That was terrifying yes. for me. And you can watch this on Amazon Prime. It's called The Witch of Hinsdale. And can I just say something? What's up with the porcelain creepy ass dolls? Oh my God, it freaked me the fuck out. Why <laughs> do they just like place them in there to be creepy? Oh my God, it was I, so scary. It was very weird because I feel like the house was, uh, so for people that don't know, we went to this house, into this house uh, near Buffalo, you know, in, in um, close to the border. Hinsdale is a city in, in New York. And uh, it's out in the boonies, this house. And I knew very little about it, except knowing that this was a very haunted house because I didn't want to know. Being psychic, I didn't want to go in with all this like information clouding my process. And we get there and there's a house manager. There's a creepy doll and everyone's like, oh, the doll's so great. I'm like, really? She looks like she's going to kill me, but okay. I didn't realize that the house was literally out in the boonies. So like, it's one of those, those homes of like, oh, these kids, they go stay at it. And then like a murderer comes and tries to kill them all. It's one of those houses. I'm like, oh, great. In the middle of nowhere, no one can hear us scream. This is great. It's on Um, ancient Indian burial ground. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where there was basically, you know, genocide. It has everything, doesn't it? It's got the creepy lake where the white witch hangs out. I mean, it's just... Who knew who was going to kill us that night? There was a witch that was hung there. It really does. It has all the creepy aspects of, like, the history of, like, all of the scariest houses put together. And then the worst part is while we're there, we're interviewing the, the manager and she starts speaking and moments in, I realized, oh, this house had two exorcisms that were not successful and the children that used to live there were possessed. And you could see me in the documentary, I go, that, 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 that's a possession. Oh, that, that. Like literally beside myself, like, what, why are we here? And I'm only laughing because I wasn't there. I was like cracking no, up laugh. and you were like, oh my gosh, you were like calling in Jesus, calling in Archangel Michael. And I was like, I was so sincere. Okay. I can't my pants. And oh, just so bad. everyone knows, I, I don't know. I look back at the footage and I'm like, why am I smiling? I think it's like <laughs> a survival mechanism where you're like, ha, ha, everything's okay. Everything's okay. But I was yeah. terrified. Yeah. Just to clarify, um, Shanna would not have made it into oh, the house. Her and I did a paranormal uh, beginner's investigation on a, a massacre of Indians as well, right by my home. Oh my and, God. um, 
there's also been many people that have died there. And she got out of the car for about 30 seconds and then ran back in. And we did the same thing. We laughed the whole time. We're like scared, but we're laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're either going to laugh or you're going to cry or both. And I yeah. go, yeah. yeah, that was the Witch of Hinsdale. <laughs> I was laughing and crying the whole time. And I didn't I, understand What I why. thought was interesting is that you, instead of like most times you would think, you know, you're trying to connect, you were trying not to connect. I was trying not to connect because they would talk to the spirits and nothing would happen. I would open my mouth and something would go flying. And I was like, okay, I don't energy. Yeah. I was the energy source. And that was again, why I got into magic. Cause I was like, Oh, this is cool. I didn't know this was a thing. This is exciting. I want to ask you though, what happened to your brother? during that period where he, where you were like, I am boning the fuck out. See ya, we're leaving. And he was weird. He was actually he was like, weird. Yeah. yeah. If, if, and the funny thing is, is I don't think the camera was on when we finally like got him the interactions that we had getting him back into the car to leave the house. Yeah. But he was like seduced by the house. Was and he, he like that for weeks after too? I was wondering if you guys. He was very after. sick. He got extremely ill after when we came home, like, like very ill Mm -hmm. and he still wants to go back and he (laughs) now knows he's like, I know that that's crazy. And yet I feel like, like I left it, you know, and I need to go back and I'm like, well, that's, that's not enough to go back with him. You You have to do a part two. I don't know if I could handle it, but a part of me would like to, but it's like, oh man, that's, you know. It was really good. I've sent it to several people already just today because I loved it so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you also do have your documentary that's on Amazon Prime. And tell us about that. Why did you choose to share your story? I'm so glad that you did. I did not choose to tell my story. That was never the intention. I moved out here. So basically, I used to be um, an actress in Los Angeles, pre-Weinstein. And as you can imagine, my integrity was kind of butting up against Hollywood and the workings. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I mean, to be 25 years old and, and to go into an audition and it's just common, like, hey, you need to take off your shirt so we can criticize your body and tell you you're not good enough. Like, it was like mm-hmm. a little, it was definitely a very pre, I'll just call it the pre-Weinstein era. Very, mm-hmm. you know, okay. like, and people are very honest mm-hmm. with you about what it takes. And it was very Weinstein-y to get mm-hmm. to the top. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. I really yeah. enjoy acting, but I'm, this isn't for me. So my brother was also an actor, a voiceover artist in New York. And I decided to move to New York and we were going to do our own productions. And um, just, you know, we weren't sure as a hobby, as a profession, we weren't sure. And so I moved out here and I, and we both decided there's no documentaries about, you know, psychics. So we started interviewing psychics and we, we had this, you know, plan of doing this documentary about psychics and, you know, a few weeks into it, a few months into it, you know, the guy that was, you know, it wasn't Mike, it was another cinematographer. 
And I don't know how, but it was like, everyone just kept looking at me like, or we could tell Gracie's story. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm going to produce this. I'm not going to be in it. So that's not going to happen. And oh. then, I don't know, I got swayed. So fun. And that is, it's called Psychic, Sorry. A Gift of Grace. Check it out. But I love how it's talking to some people who aren't comfortable with sharing their gift. And like you said, coming out. Yes. Yeah. I've had so many people contact me about that or just, you know, to just open up spiritually. Cause you don't and have to look like a witch. You don't have to dress creepy. You don't, I mean, Mandy and I are both just suburban mothers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jeez. you know, and you don't even have to call it anything. And that's probably why you have many different names. Cause you do many different things, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think it's, um, because I kind of knew that I was wearing a badge going into it. Now I would be portrayed as the psychic woo-woo lady. And it was interesting because there's a part of it that, that never really became that. And so I was surprised. I was like, oh, but I'm now like the woo-woo psychic lady. And they're like, mm, you're Gracie Ray, you know, yeah. like you do things. And I'm like, well, that's really good for people. That's really good for people's perception mm -hmm. of what this is. And for people that are gifted that, you know, have been trying to suppress it or, you know, I get messages every single day about that. I mean, there's people from all different religions. There's people from all different generations. It's so funny because I think that people still have like that stereotype of, you know, what it is to, to be a medium or to have spiritual gifts. When I listened to your documentary, you said something that really hit home for me. And that was that you embrace your everything that comes through. You don't try to twist it. It might sound crazy, but you deliver it just as is that you just trust your intuition. And I think that that was a hard thing for me at first. And I just loved that you said that because it just kind of reminded me that sometimes when things come to me that are so strange and I have to, and I feel like I'm a messenger that I have to deliver it. I need to just not analyze it and give it exactly how it is and not worry what people might think. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the way to do it. I think what really helped me was always the idea of being a channel. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people are, they, you know, we all have different titles. It's, are you a medium? Are you a clairvoyant, clairaudient? Are you psychic? Are you a prophet? Are you this, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I just knew that something would happen when I would talk to someone that a rush of stuff would come over me and I just had to kind of, just be there, just delivering the information. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I'm going to be honest, it's a balancing act of humility, right? Because it's like remembering that I'm the messenger, but not the carrier, not, not the message itself. Mm -hmm. um, I think that has actually been really nice for me because I'm like, well, I'm just the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. And people are <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, we're not going to like take this out on you either. And I'm yeah. like, well, it does make it easier because there's moments where it can definitely be daunting. Like if someone, for instance, that relationship isn't going to work out, that can be hard, you know, to mm -hmm. tell someone something like mm -hmm. that or that this isn't optimal for you. Grace, I thought it was interesting because during your mediumship and your documentary, you were speaking to a loved one, but you also had information for her about her mom who was still in the living. You had the best of both worlds there. You weren't mm -hmm. just be, being that medium. You were also using your psychic abilities to connect with your knowing. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that, that out. Cool. I didn't really think of that. Yeah. It's, 
I think um, mediumship is a necessary, but it's just an aspect of the overall reading. It's, it's there for validity purposes, Yeah. you know, and I think it is important. We do want to understand that this is a real connection, you know, and I would never want to rob anyone of that experience. That's really important. But I think when I found esotericism, that's living a soul-centered life, that to me described like, oh, yep, that's why I'm here to get people connected with their soul, connected with their soul purpose and their destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, amen, hallelujah. That was yeah. really exciting for me. That's awesome. Um, what are your thoughts on karma? Oh, I-, I love that question. I think when people think of karma, they think I did something wrong and it's going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's not exactly how karma is really intended to work. Um, So I think of it actually in tarot, there's the major and the minor arcana. Mm -hmm. And the major arcana are are spiritual lessons. And those are Mm -hmm. fixed. Those are fixed like astrology is fixed. But then the minor arcana is the story. It's like the dialogue and the little, you know, things that happen in our story, in our lives. That can change. That Mm -hmm. can change that can be expedited, that mm-hmm. could absolutely shift. So we do have some sense of control and it, and it's really important to find that balance between the two. Yes, I love that. I think that's so important for people to understand because even when you do readings, um, the, the tarot readings, they have to understand that, you know, every everything can change, everything can shift. And there should uh, be some degree of like what they're saying is happening. Like, I mm. mean, that that is a big part of it but there can also be shifts you know yeah I, I get the desire behind that so I guess I won't I won't say too much there because I don't want to offend anyone or you know just because the psychic says this is going to happen I feel like most psychics aren't going to tell you something bad or something like terrible is going to yeah. happen you know but I think when when I'm doing readings just in the reading room I see possibility and I see probability mm-hmm. and I'm usually pretty honest about what I'm seeing you mm-hmm. know, and what that looks like. You know, I'm a Reiki master and sometimes there's that boundary I don't want to cross, even though I have this knowing about something very intimate about them. Maybe it's sexual abuse or something. And even though I have the knowing, like it's just not appropriate for the session or time or still a lot of times I like to be able to allow people to heal for themselves and figure out things for themselves. So I lead them without like revealing it. But I think it's different with the situation when they're coming to you and they want to know all all of the things and they're giving you permission in many ways to go ahead and be honest with me. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... I can speak to the readings that I've had. They've changed my life. So, you know, the last astrological reading I had, the guy just kept encouraging me. And this is someone that I, that's a colleague. And he said, you know, it's your, that, that my damn son in the 12th house, you're going to have to fight to live a life based on what you love, you're gonna have to fight for it, you know, because there's going to be a lot of things around you that make it seem like no, you have to do this, but you don't, you have to fight for what you really love. And I think that's been my conviction in this lifetime. And um, it's, yeah, that that reading, just him 
presenting me with that message and me marinating on it and digesting it and applying it. I mean, it literally changed my life where I was like, Oh my God, I'm a healer. Like, let's do this. You know, yeah, Fully and that's, why, that's why this is a blessing is because we have spirit using different ways to facilitate these messages. And if you're ready to receive, then, then it can really be life changing. Yes. And sometimes I think we also can be a little bit too outcome oriented. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, like, am I going to be with this person, this person, this person, I have them all on call <laughs> tell me or someone completely new. And yeah. sometimes the message is you got to, process those three people you have been waiting before you <laughs> move on to the next person. You can't just keep them in the closet, you know? And um, sometimes that's the message because, you know, I think growing up Catholic, I thought you're going to meet the one, you're going to like completely be a virgin and then meet the one and then like get married. And, and at this point in my life, it's been so freeing to realize that relationships and career and everything that we do, it's a journey Mm -hmm. and you don't get to the end until, until the end. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to be at the end yet. I'm not ready for that. I'm ready for the journey. What do you do to ground yourself and to protect yourself? I do a lot of magic to protect myself. I have a lot of rituals and in a way I feel like maybe even growing up Catholic was good in Mm -hmm. that sense my whole life is sort of structured around taking inventory of what works, what doesn't work. So I literally like, it might not be so expected, but I have a very structured lifestyle Mm -hmm. around all of this. And so, you know, taking care of myself is at the forefront. I cannot be there for other people if I don't take care of myself and I won't, you know, I, I won't give people my, my half, my 50%. Um, and, and there's a lot of space that I allow for myself to just be like a little kid going to spirit saying like, Oh, well, you know, I'm struggling with this and I need your help. And to differentiate that from the moments that people need to speak with spirit and I'm the messenger. So Mm -hmm. I think it's all about balance, like you said. And I think also I have had to develop incredible boundaries with people because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I'm the type that's just like, oh, I'll do anything for you. Like, and I've had to learn balance between doing for people versus enabling Mm -hmm. because sometimes people want you to do it for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all very difficult. It's very hard to put up boundaries, even when it comes to your gift, but that's how much energy do you have, you know, and if you're giving too much to one person who really isn't ready to receive all of that, then you could be actually uh, doing a disservice to the other people that you're supposed to be helping. You know, I just think of astrology, I think of planet Saturn, which is all about limitation, but all about boundaries. And I need those boundaries with people. I I truly do. And um, I think we all have trauma and past stuff. and, And that's very real. And that's always something that we're constantly digging out. Like right now during Venus retrograde, it's like, oh, I'm like processing all my last relationships. I'm like, oh, that's what was going on, you know? And so I would say I do an incredible amount of work on myself. And then when I'm working with other people, it makes it so easy. You know, it's like, oh, I I get it. I get what you're going through. This is, I I hear you. I don't know if that makes sense. 
No, no it totally does. Have you done a lot of ancestral work? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I learned about ancestors through magic. And I started kind of getting really interested in the different types of magic because I was sort of doing my own stuff. And then when I dove deeper into traditions around folk magic, the importance of ancestors really came through. So I I call in my ancestors, I give them their water and their coffee. And, you know, I try to develop these relationships with ancestors. So I would say, yes, I've done a fair amount of work with ancestors and I see them in readings all the time. Okay. That was a huge part of my journey. They started to want to work through me. Once I started to put it all together, it really explained who I was. It just was very, it helped me ground myself in a way that I'd never, ever felt before. Because I've always been so very up here and I've never been grounded. That was one thing that connected me to this earth was through my DNA. I've never felt balance. I'd never had that before. So it really changed me. It was very huge for me. Yeah. You actually, even though you are a Taurus, you, you carry a lot of like Sagittarius energy. And I think of them as the shamans, as the mystics, as the ones that are really great about connecting with the ancestors. And so their higher ruling planet is also earth. Uh So they tend to have a real Gaia connection, a real mother earth connection. And I think that that's so important. Like, (laughs) I've got a shit ton of kids. I tell you that <laughs> and, and in magic, you know, our ancestors, they go into the ground and it's the whole circle of life. They yeah. then feed, you know, everything that supplies yeah, I us. Feel like I breed rather than feed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, no, uh, but I just, that just really came out to me because I, because I feel like people who have such strong connections like this, you have support from your ancestry. Like this is the lineage. Thank you. Big time. So you've done so many things already. What, do you have any plans, any big plans for the future? I'm going to be moving to Philadelphia. Oh, wow. That's how, yeah, I, I, um, I've always craved to live in a community and it's the city of brotherly love. And so we have like a big base there and I'm excited about that. Um, and I do plan on eventually, definitely doing more with magic. I do a lot of videos on Facebook right now, but I know that that's going to expand. We posted one of your Facebook talks. I had a lot of people reach out to me about it and said, yeah, and I was like, very cool. And then I told them we were interviewing you today. So a lot of people are going to be listening, hoping to find out where they can get a reading from you. Awesome. And thank you all for doing that. Anyone who reached out, you can find me at com slash grace. Uh, you can also check out my website, Magical Grace, and that's spelled with a C-K, MagicalGrace.com. I post the, the readings that I do, but I only post the discounts because so, I <laughs> like people. I like to have the time-based sessions with people that are discounted because I get more time with them. Good. Good for you. You're such a wise person. Yeah, so you know, you. I have to. I have to just say that you are really, really talented in, with your words. You say things very eloquently. You simplify them. You make sense of hard topics for people. So I appreciate that about you. And I think that's 
important because some of the things that you talk about are hard for people to wrap their head around and you you help with that. You're very, very good at speaking. <laughs> Thank you. That's you must have a very open throat chakra. <laughs> you know, I've got Pluto in, in the third house of communication. So uh -huh. I think people see like the top layer, but I have such a obsessive compulsive personality it took me like 20 books to get there do you know what I mean it's like oh yeah. but it's worth it you know I have this hunger for simplification and I think that's important for for all of us to just kind yeah. of not go crazy being overwhelmed with details if you're ever in Colorado you have to come visit us I, w I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> we'll have to get together sometime. I've never even been to the East. It's pretty nice. I, we would love to have you. I've uh, been to Philadelphia I've once. <gasps> and then my sister-in-law, she lives in Baltimore, but I've never been no. to New York. Um, I, I know you didn't ask this, and, and you can take this out if, if you don't want this shared, but I did have the sense that um, you talked about some of the struggles that you've had, and it feels like a generational struggle. It feels like an ancestral line struggle of I have to suppress some parts of myself, mm -hmm. and there's only so many coping mechanisms we have, you mm -hmm. know? Oh, no, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think your life purpose is, is unfolding really mm -hmm. unfolding really strongly and it's interesting because that was part of what you were suppressing you know not I, knowing not knowing at the time but I'm getting that you're certainly that your life purpose is peaking I think this podcast is absolutely a big part of that because you're sharing wisdom and I love that there is that Aries side of you but it's more like you just make everyone feel at home you know that that's another big part of of who you are and what you came here to do but I also feel like this summer you have a lot coming I feel like you're planning something you're plotting something and it's all kind of coming together so I see it coming together this summer against the odds which is really nice no one's gone through this life unscathed you know and I think that for you, you've certainly owned up to things, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you're, you're treating yourself with compassion. And mm -hmm. I think that some people can do the opposite and just make like, no, it's all my fault. It's mm -hmm. me. I'm just, you know, a terrible person. And I feel like you're really resisting that. And I, yeah. I want to honor that. You're <laughs> Does any of that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important that you shine your light. Yeah. Yeah, I, I purposely suppressed it and dimmed it for a long time. <laughs> I also want you to do a photo shoot for some reason. I keep seeing oh. you in like photos. Can you do my makeup? Because I don't know oh, how to I do would love to do your like makeup. You do with that amazing liner and you know. <laughs> but it's almost like in a way you're going to be coming out. I keep seeing this image of you coming out and I see it this like, this summer. So you'll awesome. have to give me more details about what that's okay. all about. Fun. Yeah. Gracie, could you tell our listeners about your radio station? Yes, I have a radio show on 12radio.com. And it was a halftime show, but now it's going to be a full show that I do every single week. But I actually, I do a live video on my Facebook page, Magical Grace. And that's okay. the page where, because I do live readings, you know, every week. So people can join 
in the chat room and we'll do readings and check-ins. So when, when, when you do those readings, how do people pay for readings live? They don't. I just give them little, little tidbits. Oh, awesome. It's nice for me. I can't, I get like, um, um, I feel like a guy, oh God, this is, if you can tell I live with a boy. Um, but like, if they don't do their thing, they get a little backed up. I get psychically backed up. So I need to just like, Oh my God. I love that. I need it. I'm like, I need a read for someone. It needs that yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, you have been an absolute pleasure. You're freaking adorable. I love what you're doing for the world and the universe. Um, I would be honored to meet you in person. I know. I, would... I, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I just know it's going to be something amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, you guys as well. You guys are already doing something amazing here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. We will stop in on one of your radio shows. Please do. So Love fun. to check in with either one of you. Check her out. Check out her documentary and her show with her brother on Amazon Prime. And I'll put links on our website as well. Anything else you want to put out there, Grace? Everyone be safe during Venus retrograde. It's going to be a doozy, but a good doozy. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.